Probably some, many of you will not recognize this name. How many of you remember the name Vince Lombardi? Well, more than I thought. Vince Lombardi, head coach, years gone by, head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I knew Eddie would remember that name. Green Bay Packers. Uh, great man, by the way. In more ways than one, I, I read one quote where he said, Men, he said, it's not just about football. It's about faith and family and football. The year, I believe, was 1960, and Green Bay had not done real well that year. And so, 1961, at the beginning of spring training camp, as they begin to gather and kick off the new season, some of the players afterwards said this, we were excited about coming. I mean, we just knew there were going to be talk of new plays that we were going to do and new strategies, and, and he, he was going to have some silver bullets to share for us, with us. And, and we, were, we were just excited. Folks, here, here's what Vince Lombardi did. He walked over, and he picked up a football. And here's the way he started. Gentlemen, this is a football. Of course, they're pro football players, right? I mean, they know what a football is. So what is he doing? What, what is Vince Lombardi saying? Well, you guessed it. Here's what he's saying. Sometimes we have to be reminded of the fundamentals. Sometimes we have to go back to the basics. Because guess what? Sometimes we forget what we're all about. We, we forget sometimes what the vision is. Sometimes we forget the mission and the strategy. And so sometimes it behooves us to take some time to go back to the basics, to the fundamentals. Listen, especially when it comes to Jesus. Because, not intentionally, but if we don't work on our relationship with Jesus, we begin to drift. And not intentionally, but, but we get apathetic. And, and in fact, sometimes we get a little bit lazy, and, and we listen, and we get busy, and 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 I get it. I, I mean, I understand the COVID junk. I, I hate it just like you do. And, and so, with that, with the economy, with the culture, with all the things that we have to deal with, and if, if we're not careful, it, it's just like in a marriage situation. If you don't work on the relationship. Over a period of time, that marriage and that relationship begins to do this number. And you wake up one day and there's this chasm, there's this gap. Where did it come from? 
But with Jesus, when that happens, guess who moves? Not Jesus. And so I want to share with you this morning the first in a a series of three messages that, that I'm going to do, Restoring Our First Love. Next two weeks after today are going to be a little bit different. I'll share more about that with you toward the end of the service. But if you'll find the book of Revelation, if you'll find the book of Revelation chapter 2, and here's what happens. Do, Do you mean that we really drift in our love for Jesus? Well, not only can it happen, it does happen. The Apostle Paul wrote the letter to the, uh, to, to the church at Ephesus. And he said, I see your love and I pray that your love abounds more and more for each other. So that was the Apostle Paul under inspiration of the Holy Spirit writing that letter to the church at Ephesus. Here in Revelation chapter 2, some 30 years later perhaps, it's not Paul, but now it is John writing a letter, listen, to the same church. And and by the way, if you want an outline for the book, and uh, I'm not going through the book of Revelation right now, but if you want an outline for the book of Revelation, it's found in chapter 1 verse 19. In chapter 1, verse 19, he said, Therefore, write what you have seen, what is, and what will take place. What you've seen, what's happening now, what's going to happen in the future. So, notice chapter 2, verse 1. The words of Jesus to the angel of the church in Ephesus write this Now, the angel, and, and by the way, angel just simply means messenger. Messenger. It, it's a ministering spirit. So you could say that here he's writing to the pastor of the church, the, the, the elder, the bishop, the overseer of the church. And notice these are words, instructions, Admonition from Jesus. So verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, to, to the pastor, for example. The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven gold lampstands says this. I know your works, your labor, and your endurance that you cannot tolerate Evil. So notice, first of all, the words from Jesus to the church at Ephesus. It's a word of commendation. Jesus says, I know your works. I know you're working hard. I see your works. I see your hard labor. I see how you have persevered and you stood strong. Jesus said, but, got something against you. Jesus says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. 
In other words, Jesus says, now listen up, folks. Jesus says, listen to what I'm about to say. And so he has something good to say, as he does in most of these letters to the churches. He has something good to say, but there are problems in the church. So notice, first of all, and, and by the way, which church was it in Ephesus that he's writing to? Is it First Baptist Church Ephesus? Is it the, the, the Methodist Church at Ephesus? Is it the Assembly of God in Ephesus? Now he's talking about body of believers in the city of Ephesus at large. The universal church. Now listen, you've got to keep in mind, they didn't have a building to meet in, in those days. The early church met where? Houses. In the homes. They, they met from house to house, the scripture says. But they also met in large open areas for worship. Big time worship. Big group worship. And so, it was not a particular church, but it was the body of believers in general that, that uh, Jesus is speaking to. And by the way, the, the city of Ephesus was a pretty important city. Big city. But it was a center of pagan religion. In fact, they worshipped, listen, sexual reproduction. They prayed to, to, the, to the goddess Diana uh, to, to bless their females. They would pray to the goddess Diana uh, for their animals and their flocks to be abundant. They would pray to Diana that their crops would be productive. That, that was part of their religion in that day in Ephesus. Ephesus was also home to one of the seven wonders of the world. The hanging gardens. The magnificent hanging gardens that Nebuchadnezzar built. So, so, so here's the picture. Jesus said, hey, listen, I'm proud of you. I have got some things to commend you for. Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, I commend you for your deeds, for your hard work, for your diligence. I'm proud of you because you have persevered in the midst of all this false religion and in the midst of all the commerce and all everything that's going on. I commend you because you're working hard and you have kept on keeping on. Hey, listen. And we, we need to remember, busy does not equal love. Not the same thing. So the church at Ephesus was busy. They were doing some good stuff. And Jesus said, I know you're working hard. But here's the danger. There is a danger sometimes with people who get... Um, so involved in the work situation. By the way, first of all, there are people who, who say you got to work for your salvation. But there are people who say, well, I, I know I'm saved by, uh, by grace through faith. I get that. But they work in order to maintain their salvation. Listen, we are saved by grace. We are kept by grace. You don't earn your salvation to start with, and you don't keep working in order to stay saved. You stay saved because of the grace of God. 
So, so Jesus says to the church at Ephesus, I, I see all your works. I see everything that you're doing. Notice, he also says to them, hey, here's something else I see that I'm going to commend you for. I commend you, I'm proud of you for your doctrine. Because you're not going to tolerate those wicked men. You have tested those who claim to be apostles. And they're not really apostles because they're not true to the word. And so in other words, what Jesus is saying to them is this. You don't just let anybody come into your church and teach and preach. But you have checked them out. You you know something about those people. Listen, folks. How blessed, and, and by the way, they, they didn't have the completed New Testament like we have today. So they couldn't come together in Bible study and say, all right, let's turn to the book of Romans. Have you thought about how blessed we are today with the Word of God? This morning I can say to you, turn to the book of Revelation, and you can, there it is. There, there's the Word of Jesus. So Jesus was saying to them, listen, I'm proud of you because you test the spirits. And, and you are careful of what you hear. Oh, my goodness. How we need to be careful of what we hear today. Be careful of what we hear, especially with some of the online gurus. Wow. And then number three, Jesus said this to them. Hey, I'm proud of you. I, I'm proud of you. Because of your discipline in the church. In other words, look what he said to them. He went on to say to them, You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans in verse 6, which I also hate. Now, what, what, what does that mean? Well, that word Nicolaitans. Latians or laity simply means the people. And the, and the prefix nico, N-I-C-O, means to chop or divide. So what Jesus was saying was this. These people who have been trying to divide people into groups in the church, you hate their practices. Now, not that you hate them, but you hate their practices and you hate what they're trying to do. You don't tolerate that. So Jesus is commending the church at Ephesus. I, I see your hard work. I see your works of labor. I see your perseverance. And, and way to go. You, I, I'm proud of you for that. But notice number two. There's the criticism. Now, now what, what is the criticism? Verse 4. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. You have left your first love. Oh, you've got some good things going. I'm proud of you for those things. But wait a minute, I've got this. One thing to say to you. You've left your first love. Wow. Ringing. Stinging words to the church at Ephesus. Hey, think about this thing about first love. First love. First love is exclusive. That means you're true 
to that person and that person alone. If that person is indeed a love, maybe especially a first love. Hey, see, listen, the church at Ephesus at one time had a flaming passion for Jesus. Jesus said, you've lost that loving feeling. Seemed like there was a song with that title, right? You, you've, you've lost that loving feeling. I love you and nobody else. I believe that was a song entitled that, right? So, first love is exclusive. Hey, listen, first love is exciting. Do, do you remember your first love? Humanly speaking, you, you remember that first love? No? You've forgotten already? Do you, you remember that first date that you had? Hey, you, you, guys, do you remember that first kiss? Shoot, some of you can't even remember the last kiss. Hey, listen, wasn't that exciting to be in love? Still is. Hey, spiritual application. Did you know that a close relationship, your love for the Lord Jesus Christ, can be and is one of the most exciting relationships on this earth? Exciting. An exciting time. You know, some people think, well, I'm not going to get saved because Jesus is a killjoy. And I'll never have any more fun, no more excitement. I'm doomed. Not. Hey, first love is exclusive. It's exciting. It's expectant. With that first love, you, you, you wonder about what's going to happen next, don't you? I, I just wonder if we're going to make it. I, I just wonder if there's... More to come. Wonder if there's going to be another date. Wonder if there's going to be marriage down the road. It's an expected time and we wonder what's going to happen next. Hey, listen. Relationship with Jesus, it's always exciting to see what he's going to do down the road. Expectant. Once you're in love with Jesus, you wonder just exactly what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. It's exclusive, it's exciting, it's expectant. Hey, let me ask you a question. And the song already asked, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? In John chapter 21... The Gospel of John, chapter 21. Jesus uh, is at the Sea of Galilee. And look in John, chapter 21, in verse 15. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. 
Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Then shepherd my sheep, feed my sheep. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Peter, do you love me more than these? And some people think that the interpretation was, Peter, do you love me more than these other guys do? And there are some who would say, well, no, here's what he's talking about. Peter, do you love me more than these, your boats, your fish nets, your, your fishing business? Do you love me more than these? But notice Jesus, and you see the words in the Greek, takes on a little bit different meaning. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you love me? More than anything else, am I number one in your life? Yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. I love you with a brotherly love. Not quite 100%. I love you, Lord, but. And the second time Jesus said to him, Peter, do, do, do you love me? Agape? More than anything? Lord, you know that I phileo, brotherly type of love. Not quite 100%. In the third time, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you even love me like a friend? Do you love me? Then feed my sheep do what you need to do. Hey, listen. In its simplest form, did you know that's what Christianity is all about? It's about loving Jesus with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. We call that the great commandment in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. You remember when the young man came up to Jesus and he said to him, Master, out of all the commandments, which one's the most important? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And Jesus went a step further, even though he didn't ask for it. But Jesus said, The second is like the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, here's what I've come to believe. If you don't love God, you're not going to love your neighbor. If... If we're going to love our neighbors, and that's, by the way, not just the people who live beside you, then I wonder if part of the problem could be how much we love God. Because that's where it has to start. Hey, listen, do, do, do you remember a time when you were closer to Jesus than you are right now? Hey, do you remember when you first got saved, when you trusted Christ as Savior? Was that an exciting time or what? When have you felt like that? When have you felt the excitement 
because of the Lord Jesus Christ and His great love and grace and mercy for you. There was a, an older pastor one time, a little country church, and, um, and they had a gas furnace but an electric blower. So he got there that morning, and before church, he, he turns off the gas. But he forgot to turn off the blower. And he said sometime when he first started his message, he says, I'm sorry the blower's still blowing, but the fire's gone out. Hey, I wonder sometimes if our blower's blowing, but the fire's missing. Hey, I wonder how many times we go through the motions. We come to church, Bible study class, worship. And how many times do we go home and all week we don't even think about Jesus? Do we go through the motions? How often am I in the Word? How much time do I really spend with God in conversation and prayer? No passion. The blower may still be blowing. But where's the fire? Thirdly, notice the correction that Jesus gives. If you will, notice what he said. After he said in verse 4, I have this against you. You've abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then how far you have fallen. What's this? Repent and do the works you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. What's the correction? Jesus said, first of all, remember. Remember. Go back in your mind's eye and remember how it used to be when you had a passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. And say, I, I want that again. Jesus said, remember. Remember what it was like. Second thing he said, listen, repent. Repent. Listen, repentance is not just for non-Christians. Repent simply means we change direction. We're moving in one direction, and it's a change of mind that results in a change of action, a change of behavior. And so repent means that we're moving in one direction, and we make a choice to turn and go in another direction. In one case, we may be moving away from God, but we turn and move to God. So Jesus said, first of all, remember, remember what it was like. Secondly, repent. Repent of anything in our life. And so, we need to get close to the fire again. And then notice the third thing he said. Here's the third thing in correction. Repeat. Repeat. Do the things you did at first. Do you remember how excited you were? You couldn't wait to read your Bible, you couldn't wait to pray and to God, and, and, and you couldn't wait to share the good news about Jesus with others and tell them what had happened to you. Jesus said, hey, repeat, go back, do those things that you used to do so that you get close to the fire again.
Now, notice these words too. Jesus said, if you don't do this, in other words, otherwise I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. What does that mean? I'm going to lose my salvation? No. It means my influence and the blessing and the impact that I have for the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be non-effective. See, losing the effectiveness, losing the blessing. And here's what I think it means, and I've seen this happen. Sometimes God takes a person and puts them on the shelf. You see, would, would, would God really do that? You bet he would. You've lost your influence. You've lost the blessing because you've left the first love. And he has put some people on the shelf unless and until, <clears throat> excuse me, unless and until they repent and make that move back. Listen. And, and that's a dangerous thing, folks. That's a dangerous thing when you get to that point where God's blessing is no longer on your life. But here's the good news. Number four, there's a commitment. Notice that Jesus makes. Verse 7, anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. And by the way, even though this letter in, in Revelation chapter 2 was addressed specifically to the church at Ephesus... It's kind of characteristic of, of the churches down through the ages. And yes, even to where we are today. So Jesus said, I will give the victor, those who remember, those who repent, those who repeat. I will give the victor the right to eat from the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. Do you, you remember the tree of life mentioned in, in the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, that beautiful paradise? And you remember Genesis chapter 3 and sin entered into the human race. You remember what God did when sin entered? God drove Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says he posted two military cherubim, angels, beings, with flaming swords to guard the way to the tree of life. But here's the exciting news. In Revelation chapter 20 and 21, guess what? We, we get to partake of the tree of life when we're there in heaven. And Jesus says then, come on, welcome back. Here's the tree of life. Help yourself. You'll be eating from the tree of life. Isn't that marvelous? Isn't that grand? What a promise. What a great commitment. Hey, listen. Do you love Jesus? Where, where's the fire? Where's the passion? Are you in love with Jesus? Or have you? Not intentionally. 
Have you drifted? So that he's no longer your first love. And that he has no longer has that priority in your life. Where are you? Would you bow with me?